This is the Master Plan. I am Alex Mademochoritis. Hello, and thank you for joining another episode of The Master Plan. This is actually not the standard series. This is a bit of a special addition to the podcast because I recorded these episodes actually six months ago, back in the summer of 2023, which also means Happy New Year. It's 2024 now. So what have you been doing, Alex? Well, I've been quite busy. I changed jobs. I moved to a new country and I'm now recording from a tiny little apartment in Paris where I just finally settled in. Thing is, I couldn't stop thinking about these two episodes that we put together with my friend and colleague Leila Saadi from Urban Collabs. Urban Collabs is her company, her consultancy. She's an urbanist and an urban designer. They do really cool work, so definitely check them out. And back in the summer of 2023, we thought of doing something different. We thought of sitting down in my living room, opening Google Maps and exploring cities from the top view of Google Maps, hence the name, cities that we know and lived in. From this idea, this little experiment, a very fun experience came out, and I think you will also hear this through the episode. We also decided to record the computer screen as we go through Google Maps and explore the cities to actually give us more spatial, spatial dimension to the discussion. And something interesting came out, or at least I want to believe. I hope you really enjoy this. It's not the standard approach to the episodes I've been putting out for the last couple of years. This is a much more laid-back discussion between two friends and urbanists in a living room. So we might crack the occasional joke, switch from serious to funny unpredictably, and just go completely off track, uh, just like normal conversations tend to, to do. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this. We definitely enjoyed putting them together. Uh, so here we go. This is From the Top with Leila Sari from Urban Collabs. Hi, Leila. How's it going? So good. Yeah? Fantastic. Beautiful thing is that we have no idea what we're going to talk about, so we're going to figure it out now. Yeah. <laughs> I love this format. Yeah, so we're feeling different today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So maybe I'll take you to my hometown. I would love first. to see the hometown. The hometown. <laughs> <laughs> the hometown. Let's go to the hometown. The podcast. <laughs> I wonder if anyone has ever spoken about my hometown in a podcast. Well, um, with the amount of podcasts that exist today, I'm pretty sure there's somebody. But let's. I think I will. What? Well, I will put it on my list to Google that. Let's do. I that. just realized that the mouse on Mac scrolls the other way oh. around. Okay, without country so, your borders, hometown? it's a little bit difficult to find it if not for this little thing so my hometown in syria syria yeah my dad's Why hometown am I acting surprised i know this <laughs> like oh, oh Lena, you're more. from syria <laughs> 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 separate <laughs> separate note we need to do a, a an introduction uh, episode yeah okay back to the topic so in syria my hometown in the south of syria which is called sweda 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 like sweden Well, I wish. <laughs> so far. So, so, so far from Sweden on every every level. Uh, but yeah, sure. The Sweden of Middle East. Um, so actually, El Sweda, which is like the, let's say, the... The, 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 uh, uh, uh. <laughs> the what? Yeah, bloody hell. Um, the official name, El Sueda, I mean, in like classical Arabic, because we have the dialect that sounds a little bit different. We just say Sueda in, okay. in slang, let's say. Um, which 
sounds like the color black in Arabic, um, but actually like the meaning of the name is kind of like the heart of something, uh, but also something to do with the color black um, because the city is built in a volcanic area. So it's, it's all, it's not active volcanoes anymore, mm-hmm. but there used to be several volcanoes there. And um, the, the soil in, in several areas is like completely pitch black. And most of the original buildings were built from basalt. I don't know if it's correct. Basalt, in yeah. yeah, basalt. Yeah. So it's all black stones. So if you go to the city and the old houses, they're all black. Can we see those? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to. Yeah, we can do a separate Google search because unfortunately there's no 3D. Here. Ah, yeah, that's true. But we'll see it from the top. <laughs> from the top. From the top. <clears throat> so, this is the Levantine Syria here. We don't see the country borders, but I guess we it's probably it a on, better no? thing. Better, better not to see them. Okay. Because actually they don't really matter. Um, so it's in the south, and this is how I find it if I have nowhere, like if I don't search. Is that a lake? Because no, that's actually um, a crater. Yes. It's a crater. Oh my god! It's a meteor strike. It's that's like crazy. I think the crater is here, and then all of that is just the black soil around it from the leftover of the so know, wait, of the volcanic. This, this is like. Uh, th- how do you say that? No, I think this is flat and goes up all the way so to here. So it's a volcano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ah, yeah. it's a dead volcano. As, so as it's I not a meteor. Them. It looks like it could be, like from here, you don't know if it actually goes down or it goes up. So it, like, you could be confused for a crater of a meteor strike. Ah, uh, like the, the whole thing to be yeah. a crater. No, the crater. So it's a volcano. It's a, it's a really big area. Yeah, yeah. It's like the whole extent of a volcano eruption, basically. That's wow. how far it would have gone back in the time. But you can see, like, the soil everywhere is kind of black around here. Uh, let's see. It's a challenge. I wonder if I can actually find the city. Oh, this is really interesting. This this uh, mountain is called Shehan, mm-hmm. and it has a temple on the top. It's a temple for, for Dudus, which is the religious minority in the south, in my area. So that's wh- what my family is. Um, and it's all just black sand, like the blackest sand. Oh, I keep zooming the other way. You see, so they actually were cutting off the mountain to take sand for, they use it for construction. (coughs) Slowly like eating into the mountain. Wow. And this path, people do like mini pilgrimages up to the top of the mountain barefoot all the way up. So they kind of start it with, um, in Arabic we say nudr. So it's, I don't know, it's something that you want or... Um, that you're looking for and you're asking basically God to give it to you. So you then you start with that thought <laughs> and then you walk barefoot all the way up to the temple. And this was the road actually between Sweda, my city, and Damascus, the capital. Can I see the, tem- the temple? Yeah, like our temples have nothing really that special or interesting about them it's like a really big hole on the inside mm-hmm. and an outdoor space and that's pretty much it interesting mm. so the pilgrims that go all the way to the temple they just they just come here and, and they, they would be like um yeah or there would be something to put a paper on or to put a piece of cloth um <laughs> i'm not so knowledgeable about the religion to really tell you 
very accurate information. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's like um, it's like a secret religion. So, what's the name, what's the name of the religion? Druz. Dudus. Dudus. Yeah. Dudus. D r o u z. If you search for it. D d r o u z. Yeah. We're just gonna divert into religion now. <laughs> the Druze are an Arab Druze or Duruz? Dudus. So because in in is this the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Ethnicity. Yeah. The du- the Dudus mm-hmm. are an Arab an Arabic speaking esoteric ethno-religious group from Western Asia who adhere to the Dudus faith and Abrahamic monotheistic syncretic oh my god <laughs> and, so and ethnic religion based on the teaching teachings of of uh, Hamza ibn al ibn Ahmad. I, I killed this name. <laughs> Not too bad. Not and too bad. ancient Greek philosophers like Plato, Aristotle, Pythagoras, and Zeno of Sidium. There's 4,000 of them in Australia, 25,000 of them in Canada, 20,000 in Jordan, in Lebanon, 250,000, Syria, 600,000, that's the majority, mm-hmm. in the US, 50,000, and Venezuela, 60,000. We have very a very outing. big uh, Venezuelan... Uh, community yeah. and like the cool. the let's say the logo not the logo the sign of the of the uh, the group is basically like a Google uh, star <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's a five-ended star with it's the five different colors yes and each color represents um, like um, a shake but also a part of um, I don't know know how to actually explain it it's like the basis of the religion so one is the mind one is the soul i don't even remember what they are maybe we should just read them out yeah so and they so in arabic they say they call them al-muwahidun which is like the uniters because Mm -hmm. They merge um, like teachings from Christianity, from Islam, and from Judaism together with some Greek philosophy into one and into a book called the Book, the book of Wisdom. And that is a secret book. So only people who are religious, so in, we say we call them accept their religion, um, who are the followers of the religion, are allowed to read it. People like me are not allowed to, to read this book. That's what it says here, that they do not permit outsiders to convert to their religion. No. Marriage outside the Dudu's faith is rare and strongly discouraged, mm-hmm. and most Dudu's religious practices are kept secret. Yeah. And apparently the Dudu's community played a critically important role in shaping the history, uh, history of the Levant. Yeah. Uh, actually, like... Uh, the person who led the rev- the Syrian revolution against the French, um, Sultan Bashar al-Atrash, he's from our city, he's Druze. Um, he's basically the grandfather of my friends, or the grand-grandfather. And he led the revolution. So in a way, the Druze take a lot of um, credit for winning the revolution against the French. And they, they have a lot of pride when it comes to that. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so let's continue. I mean, I understand that this at some point is going to come back to to the discussion. Yeah, so (coughs) this mountain, and then next to it, there's... Maybe we need to turn on at least just the names of the villages so that I can tell you a bit about it. Because right next to it, there's um, a city called Shahba, which was um, 
where one uh, Roman emperor came from, Philippe the Arab. Actually, Philippe comes. The Arab. Yeah, he comes from here. So it's full of Roman um, ruins. It's, it looked, I mean, honestly, just, just a second, because here it really looks like a, a how you say, uh, a network of, let's say, different little cities, mm. but it looks like a, it looks a bit like a growth of the bacteria. <laughs> Interesting. Know? Actually, there was that research, was it Japanese researchers yeah. that did it? That yeah. were Showing how um, they design metro the metro station. Yeah, yeah, the metro network of uh, Tokyo is based uh, out of uh, a slime mold, and <laughs> they simulated how it grows within a petri dish. And because, well, the the way the slime mold actually expands is based on a shortest path and optimizing resources. They figured out that this is a very intelligent way to, you know, uh, upon which you can. Uh, base the planning of a metro station mm. or a metro network. Yeah. And I mean, you can see it, it's like naturally formed here. I mean, with Amra, Shaka, am I saying these names correctly? Shaka. Shaka. <laughs> oh, it's going to be very We have many difficult letters. <laughs> al Heat, Al I mean, you can see it here. The, like, yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. The connecting. Yeah. Uh, Actually, it's reminding me of a subject we were talking about last week about the difference of Greek suburbs and mm. Syrian suburbs. How when you live in the suburbs in Greece, you were telling me you have to drive every time you get out of your house to get anything. Yeah. While our suburbs are like that, like this is the tiny villages, but they're all super compact within the center. And then you drive from one village to the other. It's so interesting. I mean, you, they're basically like small 15, 20 minute towns, yeah. right? Yeah. You can exactly. go from one side to, let's say, from the center mm. to the to the outer yeah. periphery in what, 15 minutes? Probably, maybe even less, like these towns are tiny. What this one is like. Is this a, is, I mean, you say this is a village or a town? This is a village. This is a village, right? Yeah. And the square is at the center. So nice. Yeah, it looks so green, so beautiful. Uh, it's like farmlands all, uh, all around. It doesn't feel as green as Greece if you go. Mm -hmm. um, maybe in some areas, like in the mountains where we have some forests. When I was in Greece, it felt so much like Sweden. It's like so really? similar because we also have the same vegetation as the Mediterranean. That's true. So it's all olive trees, uh, vines. Where did you go in Greece? Do you remember? Um, Zakynthos. You went to Zakynthos. Yeah. Beautiful. So you yeah. went to the Greek, some of the greener islands. Yeah. To the, it's, to the west. It, yeah, it's quite green. I love that part of It was really beautiful. And we stayed in places that weren't the busiest ones. So it was like kind of in, on the edge. And like a few houses around, there were mostly older couple tourists. Quickly take us to Zakynthos because yes, it's really, cool. really cool. We can see actually here. if it looks um, similar from the top. Oh, <laughs> plug in the name. Just throw it in there. Ooh, Zakynthos, here it is. How did I do it with... Uh, come back to the Try top. The there you go. Yeah, this is Zakynthos. Oh, it's a beautiful island. I mean, all this complex, these complex, this, uh, let's say, complex of islands mm -hmm. here, they're called the Eptanisa, which basically means seven islands. Mm. And... In contrast to that side of, uh, let's say, the Aegean, this side is extremely dry, 
and low vegetation. And mm. here it's very lush and green. Also here you have very, uh, let's say, uh, shallow waters. So you can walk, let's say, from the beach, for like from the coast, 15 meters into the water, and the water is up until your knees. Interesting. And when you are on this side, to these in these islands, mm. one meter in the in the water, and oh boom, it goes all the way down. It's like it's intense. Oh, interesting. It's very different, but yeah. I love these islands. My my favorite one, I think, is Ithaki here. Ithaki. Is, yeah, Ithaca. It's mm. uh, it's a very kind of like historical. Nice. Island. Historic? Historic. Very historic. Historic. Yeah. Historic. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> renowned. It's a, it's a renowned speaker. island. It's a renowned island. It's the, the island that uh, Odysseus wanted to go back to after the Trojan War. It took him, I think, many, many years when, in fact, he could have done the trip in months. So anyway, not, let's not go into that. <laughs> Tell us but, more. <laughs> yeah, it's a super beautiful island. I got lost there once, completely. It looks like, how it, can you walk from one side to the other? It doesn't look that big. Well, you can, like you can. Uh, it's really not that big. It's just inaccessible. So yeah, it's like one. That that's one thing we found in the island is that. You want to get here and you have to go all the way back to the central yeah. village or town and then go all the way down. It's mm -hmm. difficult, difficult mm -hmm. to move around. No, it's a beautiful place. A really beautiful place. So, yeah, it looks, I mean, the, the landscape here is very different. I mean, the islands there, yeah, every island is different, has its own planning. Mm. Kind of like I wonder if the um, east side is a little bit more similar to Syria, as you're saying. It's kind of it's drier and oh for sure yeah. look at that that's yeah, a dry so that island kind of the same ah, that's, that, that's Mykonos that's Mykonos that's the party island oh. the island of the winds aside from party it's like uh, the island of the winds they call it huh. they have windmills there's a lot of high um, intense winds going all the time interesting I don't really prefer Mykonos to be honest Naxos yeah. is actually a better version of Mykonos. It's like the chiller, chiller island. Uh, it's exactly this thing. Like it's the, the beaches are super white, very dry. You don't find a tree for shade. Mm. But then if you go up the mountain, it's very different. Every island, I mean, many islands in Greece, they're basically just a mountain surrounded by water. So yeah. you have most of the population around mm -hmm. uh, the waters, mm -hmm. close to the waters, a mm -hmm. lot of small towns. And then as you go deeper into the island, you go up and up and up and up and up and you have basically hills and, yeah. and small mountain ranges. I wonder how much percentage of Greek land will be um, underwater in 50 years. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Where would all of these people go? A lot, I will. It's, it's going to be an ironic moment, you know, especially now that they're keeping a lot of... They're, doing all these efforts to keep migrants off out of Greece. Mm. Uh, it's going to be an ironic moment when a lot of Greeks start drowning. They, yeah, they're going to be forced to migrate due to climate change and sea level rise. Mm. Let's hope that that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when it goes into a dark place, exactly. this conversation. Exactly. Hmm. Now we were having a, a discussion with um, the students, like, what was it, two weeks ago about this? Uh, Climate migration, that is. Mm, mm. Uh, 
it's a big issue. Yeah. It's a very big issue. We need to we need to start expanding it. Basically, there's no regulation. Like you, there's no legal status for a climate migrate at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't heard anyone starting to look into uh, legislation or anything to do with that. Doesn't really exist. Like, it, it's not standardized around the world. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of well. There's a lot of people um, trying to put things together, but there's not. Let's say it hasn't reached that moment yet where the world says this is an actual crisis and we need to respond. Mm. And this is this is the thing. This is what pisses me off. Like in general, with people, there needs to be a crisis for us to do something. We don't do anything until it is exactly. just a crisis. Until yeah. the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. like, okay, let's just mm-hmm. wait. Reaction, like exactly. it's always, it has we're to be a reaction. We're not proactive, we no. are reactive. Mm. We react to crises instead of opportunities. Yeah. This is how politics most of the time works. I mean, people don't don't vote proactive leaders, you know, they, they vote leaders who are, well, you know. They're who have better campaigns. They, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> who lie better. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> But back to back to Syria. I wanna okay. I wanna know a bit more about. So let's dive back into the crater. Um, where are we? Okay, so here that's the main city of the municipality. Let's mm. say so the municipality is also called El Sueda. El Sueda. Why is it brown like this? Uh, that's all the la- like the volcanic soil basically. Mm. And this is my dad's village down here. It also has a crater. It's really tiny and very close to the southern border with Jordan. It looks epic. And it has this citadel right in the center. It's quite sloped, like it's all mountainous areas around here. Mm. So all of the houses are built around, like on on a slope. Um, I wonder if I can find my grandparents' house. It's quite interesting, actually, in the villages um, in Syria, most of the family homes are almost like tiny compounds because um, they build their homes around each other. Mm-hmm. So all of my dad's uncles are in the same kind of house compound in a way. So um, my grand-grandparents would have built the original house. And then every time a, one of their kids gets married, they just build an attachment to the main family house. Oh. And then it grows like that. It's It's like organic... Uh, family growth into homes and a lot of them also sometimes in the city they then build the upper floors so like the parents when they're building their original home they have an account that oh our kids gonna get married and they will live upstairs does this mean that you can recognize the lineage of a, of a family by the height of the building in which they live <laughs> maybe you could make that assumption in some areas but not so directly because not, not so everyone direct. wants to live above their parents for well, obvious okay, reasons good, good. yeah um, i don't know if i'll be able to find it i haven't looked at this in a long time you're trying to find your father's house yeah like my grandparents hmm. home it's still there and um why does it say chicken here what is this chicken <laughs> is this a restaurant, a restaurant. No. <laughs> so the, the, the English translation chicken <laughs> I suppose they sell chicken <laughs> uh, I remember this square that had probably the funeral home oh my god this looks so Mediterranean though yeah right so you drive down here and then down 
God. And uh, obviously, as you can see, there is no Google pins to help no, you out. No, like, no. It's a difficult task to find a house you haven't seen in a long time just from Google Earth. Well, you can see how they're all like attached to each other mm -hmm. in a way. So it would have been, let's say, this is the original home. It would have probably had a bigger land farm and then slowly it started to, to grow. Is it still the same? Like, do they still do the same thing, the same practice? Whoever's left there, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Some people still do. Um, like... I suppose the younger generations more and more are wanting to move away mm -hmm. um, or move to a bigger city, you know, with more opportunities and jobs. Because if you live in the village, you have very few options, really. You're either farming or maybe you have a shop. That's, or you're a teacher. My dad's dad, my, my grandfather used to be the principal of the high school, so he was a teacher. Um, what did he teach? He t he taught Arabic language. Um, for, like it's quite interesting. Um, my dad's family. Um, he was the only one from his village, I think, at the time, who had traveled outside of the country. Uh, he went to China with another Arabic teacher from the city, um, who whom whose grandkids are my friends. Uh, so they went both to China to teach Arabic, and. Together, they wrote like the first Arabic language curriculum in China. Um, and the funny thing is that the Druze, some of them, <laughs> believe that they're not gods, but kind of like sheikhs or, you know, the leaders, the older leaders of the religion are living behind the, uh, the Chinese wall. Is that that's where our prophets are? So when he went, they're like, "Did you see our prophets?" <laughs> I was like, "No, they're not." He wasn't religious, so he was like, "No, they're not there." <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it's well, quite interesting. So years and years after, later, um, my granddad didn't stay as long as his friend. His friend stayed there for like several years, and then the Chinese government uh, gave scholarships to his grandkids. So my friend went to China to study medicine, thanks to her granddad. And is he, is she or he? He's still there. Your friend? No, no, she she lives she, in Switzerland. She now. lives in Switzerland. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's quite journey. interesting. Is it yeah. is it common for people in Syria to go to China? No, not at all. Like um, a lot of yeah. So like this. Well, let's okay. <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> um, I will not. <laughs> Please. Um, uh, yeah, my, like my dad's family, I suppose, have a lot of things who were kind of firsts in, in the village. So my granddad was the first one to, to go outside, especially to China. It's like, it's so far. Um, my aunt was the first doctor in the, in the region, like in the municipality. My other aunt was the first woman to drive a car. <laughs> so yeah, it's a line of genius. Wow. <laughs> what, what, what you don't know who you're in the presence of here. What was your first? Did you have a first? I think I've done many firsts in the family. Maybe we shouldn't discuss them here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's. Let's. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think... Uh, I have no idea, Alex. The first one to do a podcast, probably. Ah, there you go. Here we go. There you go. That is the, yeah, that's a good first. Done. Uh, that's a good first. Okay, let's get out of the village and go to the city where I grew up. 
So, so did you visit often? Uh, yeah, yeah, we went yeah. quite often. Okay. Yeah. Um, we stayed there as well. Like, you have a for second like, days. vacation house there? or It's my grandparents' house. It's your grandparents' it's, house. It's a really big house. Okay. Yeah, okay. we would all go with the cousins and spend weekends there, go into the farms. Um, I actually have some land in this village, really? <laughs> funny enough, which was given to me by my dad. Are you going to do something land. with it at some point? One day, yeah. when when it's possible. I really wanted to do, actually, at some point, I would love to do, like, study trips with students to go and build. on the, Like, there's, like, so many lands unused. There's also agricultural land, mm. so you can go and do a build-out there, you know? Ooh. Yeah. If Once it's the security like, is a little bit so better. It's interesting, because I, I also have a land in piece of land in, in an island in Greece. And I was also thinking, maybe it would be a nice place to do a Valdaura there. <laughs> let's, <laughs> just, let's just do Valdaura. Let's do a network of Valdauras. I don't know one what it is about self-sufficient farms and the, the whole idea of living in a farm is very attractive to me. I feel, I wonder what is it about our generation now that we switch to, we all want that. Yeah, yeah all of my friends to, want, yeah. We want to go to rural, we want to end up in rural areas. We're done with cities. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I've lived like in cities all my life. I don't know if I would like to end up in a city, but mm. I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, honestly. I don't know. I have this fantasy that I would like to end up being a fisherman, <laughs> having a boat. Fisherman. Yeah, in, in the Greek island. It's so Greek of you. <laughs> yeah, there's something about being the old man in the sea. That is really. I think you're already the old man in the sea. (laughs) You're not in the sea, but (laughs) at least you've you've, you're done with the first part. You're the old man. I'm still the old man. Oh my god! (laughs) So I need to get a boat. I need to find a boat. (laughs) Cut. I need to pee so bad. I can't hold it anymore. (laughs) This is an intermission. And we're back. (laughs) You know, I always wondered what they actually do in podcasts with the bathrooms like you never see <laughs> i see a podcast of lex friedman or joe rogan that lasts four hours and they you never <laughs> they never go to the bathroom and it's all recorded on film no it's all recorded on film so you never see a, i don't know i never see a cut i never see anybody go like hey i just need five minutes to go to the bathroom it's it's a four hour long discussion that it's impossible that they don't go jesus maybe they just have huge bladders maybe we should email joe rogan and ask him about that Joe Rogan, expect an email, please. It's coming. <laughs> we, need, we need answers. Or maybe it's just like they have toilets embedded into the seats. You they think can they, afford they that? provide them with a catheter. When you say <laughs> that, like, we, we don't and see then that. suddenly you feel that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Okay, now we know where those sighs are coming from. <laughs> the sigh of relief. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, right, where were we? Syria, back to Syria. <laughs> take me to Damascus. I want to see Damascus. Okay, let's take you to Damascus. So, I moved to Damascus when I was <clears throat> 15, I think. Uh, I moved to a high school, so 10th grade. Oh, wow, it's so big. Here it is. So far. So far, so big. So to go to, from Damascus to your grandfather's, how long is it? So it looks like a five-hour drive. No, actually, it's just one hour. No way. What? This is an hour? Yeah. So from Sweden to Damascus, it's about an hour, 15 minutes drive. It's just one straight road. Well, straight-ish. But yeah, that's it. 
Can you zoom out a bit? I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm shocked. This is yeah. One you, hour. The scale make uh, yeah. You like you feel like it's bigger than it is, but it's not that big. Syria isn't that big compared to like okay. Let's see Syria compared to Spain. See the size of Spain. Yeah, but it's impossible and to, the, to, to, yeah, to see it's this like with the projection. The, isn't the projection is really <laughs> difficult. But yeah, it's like basically from here to Girona, more or less. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Wow. And actually, from Damascus to Beirut, it's also an hour drive. Like, Are you serious? Yeah, but Damascus is like very close to the borders. Here. Okay, that's Homs. Here we are. So that's Lebanon, and basically what we have between Syria and Lebanon is just a range of a mountain range. Mm. <coughs> it's very close. Well, they were the same country for. A very have long they time. have they dug through the mountain, or like is there a tunnel, or do you have to go no. up and down? No, uh, it goes like it's a winding road, wiggling wiggles. Mm. Um, but not. I think actually where they built the border is where there is already a gap in the mountains. I see. Like I think this is the road. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole settlement there. Yeah, there's several towns along the way. Is it weird that I call it a settlement? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very urban. It's very urban. <laughs> very urban. Um, okay, Damascus, let's go. Um, so I lived on like, the peripheries of Damascus in a place called Jardamana. Where is it? It's kind of a shitty town, to be honest. Why is it shitty? Um, it's like all concrete mm -hmm. streets and concrete buildings, unfinished, really, mostly, um, badly planned, not really planned. It's just organically grown. Uh, yeah. So this is the road. This is Damascus. That's the old town. Mm -hmm. And it still has large parts of the old walls. And it has seven gates. Seven gates. Mm. Why seven? Good question. Because. <laughs> because they wanted to put seven gates, Alex. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I will do just that. <laughs> Why exactly seven? And my high school was inside the old town, which was quite lovely, actually. It was in Baptuma. So one of the doors, Bab means door. door. Yeah. So we have Baptuma, Bab Shari, and another doors, gates and my high school was down this road there was a little actually it was like a nun house is that what they call it? a nun house? Uh, this has a, have a better name wait, do you have like Christian nuns? yeah, so part of the school was housing for nuns and the other part were our classrooms Okay. Our teachers were not nuns, but it's like, I think the monastery or whoever owns the, the nun house gave part of it to for for a school. Wait, so what are the different religions in, in, in Syria? Chris Is it like Lebanon yeah, where they have exactly. like seven or 13 different religions? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So we have, we have Christians and Muslims, and then Muslims that have, you know, several mm. um, different... Sects, uh, like you have Alawites, Shias, Sunnis, and then you have Druze. Does that also reflect in the parliament? Mm, no, not so much. Not so much. Yeah, in 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 weird 
proportions because uh, the government is led by Alawites mm. who are a minority. So they support minorities as well. So they, tr- most of the leadership is Alawites. Alawites. Yeah. Um, and we used to have, we have some Jews, but not so many anymore. So since Israel happened, a lot would have moved there. That's your school. That was my high school. Wow. It looks... It looks uh, like it's it's a bad picture. Maybe it's just a bad picture, satellite image. And it wasn't a great place. <laughs> it does, it doesn't like look very All schools in Syria look like prisons. It looks a bit like a prison. Yeah. It has this tiny, tiny courtyard. And then we had classrooms from here to here. This is where the nuns lived. And then we had some space on the roof. Were you a good student? In high, Not in high school. No, I used to be a good student before high school, and then when I moved to Damascus, I was just volunteering and doing every possible activity outside of school. So I was, like, just getting by at school. And I really hated it. Like, I didn't like my teachers. They were very strict. Uh, Like, some of my teachers were just terrifying. Like, literally, we would walk into the class terrified, especially our math teacher. Shout out to her if she's still alive. She was terrible. She was terrifying. It's like with many issues. She was just like terrorizing us. Was she abusive? Everyone is abusive. All teachers were abusive. Well, I'm not going to say all. Very many were like... Physically? uh, Not in high school, but in primary school and in middle school. Yes, like we would get hit with a with a ruler on our oh hands. Oh my god! For some reason, it's before you said it, I knew it was true. <laughs> Damn, you lived that. I did. Yeah, I got hit on my hands with a ruler. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and I, I still, I will never forget the teachers who did hit me with a ruler on my hand, and I will hate them forever. <laughs> Should we name them? <laughs> no, no, let's yeah. not. Let's not. They're still terrifying. <laughs> it's honestly like the education system in Syria was terrifying. It's just built on terror and um, just memorizing everything. Like mm. we were just given bunches bunch of books that we needed to memorize and then vomit on a piece of paper uh, wh- at the end how, of the year. How do you find like refuge from this environment when you're a kid in Syria? Where do you channel all your creativity and curiosities? Mm, for me, I was doing a lot of courses and things outside of school. So since I was six, my parents were putting me in different courses. So I did like drawing classes, I did piano classes, so you were doing to swimming. School at the same time as you were doing school. It's like going to two schools, but one which was the the structured and the other one which was more for... And also on top of that, I, mostly for my last year of school, I basically had private tutors for every subject because I wasn't learning anything at school. You know, I had the same thing. It was the same thing for me. It's completely like... Yeah, in high school... Like we, it would be, let's say, from what, seven o'clock in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon, we would go to school. Then we would go go home and start classes again Mm. with private tutors. One for math, one for physics, one Mm. for chemistry. Depending on your direction, you know, there's different directions. Mm. Mm. You would have different tutors. But there's a whole business 
um, academic business, let's Absolutely. say, model in Greece, where yeah. it's private school. And it's the same teachers who teach at school, yeah. then give private classes after school. It's insane. It's like it's a really parallel insane. education system. It's insane. It's really, yeah. It's really ridiculous. weird. Not like looking back, it doesn't really make sense. And it just, it, it makes parents spend so much money. Like I would go in this extremely expensive school, mm. private school, Greek, French, and then the academic system itself would force my parents to pay more money mm -hmm. to other tutors outside of the school. Yeah, yeah. It's really makes you say, what the fuck is going on? You know, yeah. who, who yeah. came up with this system? And it was the subjects were also so difficult and everything depended on depended on uh, your grades in the last year of school. Like yeah. You wouldn't be able to go to university if you didn't reach a certain totally. amount of grades. So the last year is trauma for every Syrian student. Some I have like I know people who repeated this year seven times oh because they wanted to study engineering, for example, or something that that required a high grade. It's insane. It it's is. really insane. It destroys mm -hmm. the the soul of a child. Honestly, it just yeah. puts you into this very very extremely limited and defined box where you have to somehow performing fields that most likely you're not naturally prone to to, yeah. to develop uh, a good sense for, you know. So at some point, I mean, it's, there's no doubt that kids at, a, at the age of 18, 19 or 20, they start looking for ways out from this system, you know, and mm. they just shut down creatively. It, it really takes your creativity out of the takes the creativity out of a child mm. completely. Mm. And like anything to do with creativity, classes-wise, because we had sports, we had music, and we had art. But for us, it was just the, the class where we take a break. That's basically. the thing. Like The whole educational system is built on training one part of your brain which mm -hmm. is usually the right side of your brain. Mm -hmm. So you need like you need to be good in math, you need to be good in science, you need to be good in uh, physics, chemistry, uh, biology, uh, business, and all the artistic sides, which are extremely important, which are more for the left side of your brain, they're seen as peripheral, mm -hmm. you know, secondary, deprioritized mm -hmm. completely. And... You and looked down start, upon and in a way. Down upon. Yeah. And you start wondering, like, why do you have all these kids with ADHD? Like, they cannot focus. They get distracted all the time. It's mm -hmm. not because they have a biological deficit necessarily. It's, I'm not saying that ADHD is not a thing. It is a, it is a mm -hmm. real thing. But sometimes it is confused with, you know what? My child is just a natural dancer. Mm. Yeah, know, yeah. She yeah. or he was, they has this. Just uninterested in this completely, topic. Completely, completely. Um, wow. So <laughs> that was my high school. <laughs> Beautiful. The very sad. We hate high place. schools. We hate high schools. Everything to do with school. God, I wanted to to get out of school so much. Um, so the old town. It's probably like if people ask me if I miss Syria, and I don't really, <laughs> but I do miss the old town because it's it's really beautiful. Where so is the, this is the old town we're looking yeah, at now. Yeah, we are looking at the old town. So. This, they call this the Al Mustaqim, Shara Al Mustaqim, the straight road. <laughs> the street. <laughs> Very uncreative. It's called the straight road. Nice. <laughs> the straight. Ah, the straight the road. Straight, the yeah. straight road. Because it's going straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have the Umayyad Mosque, mm -hmm. which before it's Islam big, huh? was a church. Before that, it was a temple. So it is one of the oldest. Hmm. It's how the city, like the old town, was built. So. It, the town is on the Silk Road 
to to the to the south through through Saudi. So there were um, what do you call them? Like trade routes that came through, uh, and then they built a temple as most towns do, and then they started to develop our own. But we still have columns from the very original temple, which they say goes even like to 8,000 BC or something. It's oh, wow. very, very, very old. There's some part of the gate here where, where it goes into the, um, the market, the souk, which is also huge. It's like a whole whole thing getting into the, the souk and the old what is town. What is a souk? Can you describe a souk? Um, it's like the traditional um, mercado, right, <laughs> the traditional right. market, uh, where people did all of their shopping back mm. in the day. But it's you go in and it's uh, very narrow streets, um, surrounded by shops everywhere, and covered usually with. I right now it's tin. <laughs> tin. Yeah, before it was probably like with some fabrics or could be even with. Um, uh, what do you call it? Like palm palm uh, palm, palm leaves. Palm palm, palm leaves. tree leaves. Yeah, yeah. it has a, a specific name, but I can't remember. Um, but so every street usually is specialized into something. When you go from the mosque, the the grand mosque or the Umayyad mosque, um, I think from memory it starts with spices. But you can find everything you need. And that there's streets for fabrics. Um, for home appliances, there's a street, my favorite here. I don't know if it still exists, and I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was full of witchcraft stuff. Witchcraft? Yeah, there's dried bats. There's like ant oil, like so much random stuff. You walk in and you're like, what is going on? Is there like, like a big culture around this topic? Uh, like witchcraft Not really. It, it, in Islam, it's like... Haram, it's like it's not something that people go into. Uh, and yet you find all. But the yet you, it's not like it's explicitly called a witchcraft or sold as if it's for witchcraft. But if you, as a Western, now go there and you'd be like, "What is this witchcraft stuff?" Because it's like a lot of random like elements and stuff that you could use for that. Um, I think some people might do like you know dark spells and stuff, and people do believe in having like bad spells put on them. Um, but now it's all treated religiously, so they would like go to I don't know a, a religious person to take it off them. Um, but let's say it it has herbs and stuff for also for like medicinal reasons. Alchemists, and, yeah, and yeah, it's the dark really interesting arts. stuff. Do you believe in that stuff? In in witchcraft, mm -hmm. bad spells, voodoo. I think um, my answer to any question, whether I believe or don't, I don't believe, but I also don't not believe. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't want to you don't want to be, let's say, um, like I don't believe. If you tell me it's witchcraft, I wouldn't name it that. I could tell you maybe there is something to do with the focus of of energy. And when you think that you are under a spell, then you're unconsciously directing yourself into that. So. It's a lot of it is subconscious because things are named and are said to be this and that. And then because we can't always prove things like that, just That's like religion, you know, it's like, does heaven exist or not? We can't prove that it's there. We also can't prove that it's not there. So even if you are not a believer, maybe a small part of you, what if? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, I don't know who said it. It was a physicist who said it. I think it might have been Richard Feynman on, in a lecture who said, look, do I believe in ghosts? thing is that I would love 
if ghosts existed, mm-hmm. I would really, I think it would be extremely interesting. It's just that I don't have the proof that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not arrogant enough to say that they don't. Exactly. You know, definitively. Yeah. Exactly. Deterministically. Mm-hmm. Thing is, I don't have the the proof. Yeah. But uh, I would love for them to exist. Yeah, that's my approach towards so almost everything. Like, yeah. we can't prove that it's there, but also there are so many things that science hasn't reached. So we can't specifically 100% say no about anything. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is. Like, even we know that the flat the, the flat is round. <laughs> we know that the flat is round. We know that the Earth is round. But maybe we're in a simulation and the, 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 the Earth is flat. Maybe it goes from flat to round every time somebody Maybe looks. we don't even <laughs> exist. <laughs> exactly. yeah. maybe, maybe we don't exist, Alex, and we're just cells in a jar in some lab somewhere. Mm. So yeah, there's no way to prove it. No, so, there isn't. Yeah. So everything is possible to, to and not possible. Yeah. yeah. Nothing is real. Uh, where do we go from here? So that was my high school and the old town. And then somehow Damascus started to um, develop and grow around into this massive thing. It's actually surrounded by mountains from most of the sides, from like at least from the top here. And then, okay, I'm just, I kind of like lost my <laughs> trail of thoughts. Well. <laughs> Look, I'm really interested to understand um, how we can kind of like... So when we say that Syria at this moment in time yeah. is in war, where is that located? When you go back to Syria, mm. where do you not go because it's dangerous? At this moment in time, I wouldn't say it's in war anymore. Mm-hmm. Because at least from my understanding, most of the groups who were opposing to the government have been neutralized. Uh, There is unrest in some areas because the government doesn't have the grip over all of the areas anymore. Um, And there's still people who oppose to it. So there's some areas who are, let's say, also blacklisted because they were opposing. Um, There's some neutral areas like mine that ha- was like half in, half out. And because they are a minority, at some point the government was like, you're on your own. You can just pr- protect your own self from outsiders. Um, so they had like their own militias. And also they just gave guns to all the hooligans in the town. So they got really empowered. So the, in my area, let's say, there's. I, I thought that it was one of the safer ones, but now apparently it isn't because there's a lot of kidnapping, robberies, and which, things like which area, that. Which area is this? Sweda, so it's in the south. Yeah, okay, it's where yeah. we were. Mm. And it's very close to Dara, which was the first city that had the, like the first uh, demonstration against the government back in the day. So that's like, Jesus, 12 years ago already? 12 years ago. Or it's even 13 almost. Mm. Yeah. Think about it's, it's actually... Yeah, but it's also a very long time. <laughs> Fair enough. So it was here. So there was a lot of clashes in between between the two towns. The two different, let's say, religious um, um, groups, more or less. So it's mostly Sunnah and Dara. It's mostly Jews in Sweda, and Jews kind of close on themselves whenever there's unrest. Um, there was a lot of rebels in Dara. So as a 
as a general understanding the Jews were pro-government because they're a minority and they've always been supported by the government government but there was also a lot of Jews who were against so there was a lot of internal clash mm-hmm. and what the religious leaders always try to do in in this minority is to keep neutral they try to always avoid politics they don't want to take sides so they were trying to not look too supportive to the government but also not be against because they are you know they're in this the small group they need to protect themselves so they were at the risk of being attacked by the rebels but also the government was not being too protective of them so in at the end they ended up in this pickle so now there are um, there's a hooligans who have too much power so there there has internal clashes between what do people they want? They just want to cause trouble. They basically just take money from people. I don't know because, um, like, they they could be blackmailing people. Um, they're trying to take bribes for things. They can just create their own uh, road blockage, for example, and start searching people and causing trouble. They're just like, mostly they were either drug dealers, dropout schools. They're just like. Gangsters. Gangsters, yeah. But now they have guns and they have power. So what would gangsters do when they have power and, do they kill? and guns? Yeah, they do. Damn. Yeah. Um, actually, well, I don't know. Let's not go into too dark. <laughs> um, I'm curious now. What is too dark? Um, like a friend of mine got shot on a on a a roadblock in Damascus because of gangsters because he started answering the guy telling him that you don't have the right to take my ID or something and got shot. They were asking him for his ID. Mm. Like for what? To to, to, sh- to show domination. Oh my God. Mm. So, so okay, yeah. let's say, let's say that I'm a tourist. Where do I want to go? Um, so, um, a friend of mine, actually an Irish friend who lives in Dubai, went to Syria last year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, Tourists can go now. So he went to Damascus, he went to Dara, he went to Homs, and even all the way to Aleppo. Really? Yeah. Where do I know Aleppo? Aleppo is? It's the sec- like the second biggest city in Damascus. Was it's, it? It's in the north. Was it? Uh, it was hit pretty badly. By yes. The war? Yeah. yeah. Like the main citadel had like a big part of it destroyed, the main market as well. It was hit pretty, yeah, strongly. I actually have never been to Aleppo. Aleppo. Sadly, not Aleppo. You know, in in Greek, Aleppo mm. is fox. Fox. Mm-hmm. Huh. So you the fox. In Arabic, it's actually halab. Halab. Mm. Halab. I don't know what it means. Oh, but it's also a built around uh, a citadel, and then you have another Umayyad mosque, <laughs> and also a very big market. It's it's like a, the um, typical kind of Arab t- Arabic town or mid mid uh, like Levantine old town development. So concrete, it's like a concrete jungle. And yeah, it looks. It, mm. it reminds me a lot of Athens. Yeah, that's what most S- Syrian cities look like, the main cities. And then when you go into the villages and the towns, the you start to see more. Um, very similar to here. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. So I assume um, you feel it's hotter because of the heat island effect, right? I mean, it must be a big thing over there. No? Yeah, like in the summer, we do have heat waves when it feels a bit more like Madrid in the summer. 
Um, but we also have cold winters. Like it's in my town, it snows every winter, sometimes quite a lot. Like out of the actual city around the mountains, it goes up to like several meters. Uh, in Damascus, it snowed maybe a couple of times in the winter while I lived there. So, but around the edges of the city, also when it's a little bit higher because it's surrounded by mountains, it, it snows as well. See, it's so, it's so counterintuitive to think of the Middle East as a place where it snows. For yeah, some see, because Syria gets mixed up with the south of the mm. of like other Arab, Arab countries in the desert, but it is like right under Turkey, so it's. Mm basically almost at the same level as we are here you know yeah Oops. yeah it's yeah it's at the same same level as Spain completely yeah. for sure just a bit drier but very very similar it's mediterranean weather and around the coastline it's a lot greener so we spent the summers where do you go for a swim um we would go to latakia with is my that, family in the summer, we would usually is, go. Or is that Syria? No, that's Syria. So Syria. Lebanon, weirdly, is uh, like a yeah. bite of, mm, of Syria. Like it's that. a bite of Syria, correct. Yeah. And then it's... So this is Tripoli of Lebanon, and then we have... Af above that, I think, this is where the border goes right, back right. to Syria. So we have Tartus, that's another famous coastal town, and Latakia. We used to go mostly to Latakia. My my granddad would come to the summer and he loved going there. So we would go spend a few weeks on the beach. It's a really lovely town. And I mean, it's, if I was a tourist, I would go there. Yeah, it's really nice. And we have a lot of beaches that are quite similar to Costa Brava in some areas. Of course, yeah. I bet. This looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's really nice. I don't know why I, I never... It hadn't clicked that Syria is a coastal country. <laughs> yeah it is that's okay wow mm, yeah I just realized Mediterranean it. Sea <laughs> it hits the Mediterranean yeah wow that's how Syrians take boats to Greece Alex <laughs> I thought they were crossing the border to Turkey sometimes yes well like, probably mostly yes that's true yeah. yeah probably like from Aleppo or even from north mainly because the coastal towns are actually um the minority of the government, so they're all Alawites. Conveniently, Conveniently the government owns owns the, the whole left part. So, oh yeah. my god! Yeah, all right. Yeah, but it looks so it looks amazing here. It's green, beautiful. lush, mm -hmm. and there's lakes and forests. We would go hiking in the forests here. See, this is this is how a typical uh, Greek child is raised to mm. think that. The, the Middle East is the desert. Mm, like everyone in Europe, really. Everyone in Europe thinks mm. of the Middle East as the desert. Yeah. It's it's just so weird mm. as you get you older. Just probably just look at the map and you're like, yep, sand, sand, yeah, sand, 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 sand. It's all sand, yeah. It's but it's all. mostly... Iraq. But no one lives in the sand. No, it's mostly Iraq, Kuwait, <laughs> and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Iran, But even Syria. Saudi Arabia has um, some, like, really green areas, like microclimates. Really? Yeah. And up north here, near the Red Sea, where Neom and all of these projects mm -hmm. are happening, um, it's not completely desert. It's like you have oasis. Um, there's also... Have you ever been to an oasis? Um, in the UAE, yeah. In the UAE? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it's also quite interesting how the sand changes because there's areas where Alain is. So I lived in the UAE for seven years, for those watching. Um, the sand is completely orange. Alain, uh, the name uh, the name actually is sounds like the eye, mm -hmm. but also the Ain is, um, is the water, ugh, what do you call it, where the water starts, where the river comes. Um, the spring? The spring. The spring. Uh, so it is an oasis town, and that's where most of the agriculture, the very limited agriculture that, well, now there's more, actually. They're doing more smart farming. Um, but, yeah, where most of the agriculture is. So there is several oases around here. Are they, are they like the way that we have romanticized them? Like uh, small little palm trees in the middle of the desert? With uh, a little lake. Uh, yeah, with a little <laughs> lake in the center. Um, and what not an so actual, much. What, what's an actual oasis like? Um, let, let me see if I can find one and Google it. It kind of starts like that, but the thing is, like, it immediately gets developed into um, farms, and so it doesn't look like that anymore. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So it's basically just farms and lots of palm trees around. Maybe a bit more like that, you know? That's an oasis? Well, that looks... Yeah, basically a highway. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a highway surrounded it's by a farms. Highway surrounded by small farms. farms. I don't know if this is an actual oasis, but if it's farms, then it would be a place of natural water, like or at least an um, aquifer, a shallow aquifer where they could get close enough to. Yeah, so that's what it looks like. We suddenly jumped into the UAE. Uh, but what I wanted to show you is in Oman, they have um, an area called Salala, mm -hmm. and it is a microclimate that's tropical. Like, it is so yeah. green with waterfalls. Another thing there? you wouldn't imagine uh, the Middle East to have. Oman? Oman is a pretty rich country, isn't it? Or um, is it Yemen? No, not Yemen. Not Yemen Yemen, no, Yemen no, is the poor cousin of the, the area. It's, uh, Oman, yeah, it's Oman though, I've heard, I've heard that. You know, Oman is well off. Yeah, they're yeah. doing. A so I've been working in Oman for the last couple of years um, on the structural plan of Moscow. Mm -hmm. So they're doing a lot of um, development as well, especially for 2030, because they have the vision for 2030, like all of the Gulf countries. Uh, and for that, they're doing structural plans for basically the whole country. We started with Moscow, and now other cities are also moving towards that and this is salala you see like it's all desert and then suddenly it gets green here and it has a completely different seasons like they have a rainy season for all south americans this is the greenest we can get here okay <laughs> <laughs> this is green to us all right so green look at that natural green <laughs> it's a tiny area but it's wow. quite green um, I'm going to see if I can find this. Uh, it was like a mountain, I remember, with waterfalls and stuff. Like, nice. you don't see this yeah. kind of river in this is quite this a big contrast. Yeah. Quite a big contrast. Mm. I was just having a thought now, like basically they're trying to turn the Gulf into uh, a modern Mediterranean model. If you think about it, it's quite... Like geographically, geopolitically, mm. it's very similar to what's happening in the Mediterranean. You have basically a gulf and enclosed kind of like coastal region 
surrounded by different urban environments, uh, cities, pop, 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 mm. surrounding it like this. But of course, it has a much bigger opening here. Yeah, like here in the south, that's not possible. It's like facing the ocean. Mm. That's a completely different. The Arabian Sea. The Arabian Sea. sea. That, there's a, <laughs> a big dispute between us calling it the Arabian Sea and the Iranians calling it the Persian Gulf. But when you're working in, in Saudi Arabia and the UAE, you can never make the mistake of not calling it the Arabian Gulf here. <laughs> like it's the look at that. It says yeah, it's, Arabian Gulf. Yeah, it's a very common mistake that um, gets, Western gets architects you, make. Gets you fired, basically. They <laughs> always get point, always get pointed at. Like if uh, whenever I was working, because the the uh, the companies I worked for all had international offices and sometimes we didn't have enough resources. So the projects were done in London or in Lisbon or whatever. And they look at Google Earth and they're like, okay, Persian Gulf. And then we see them like, no, 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 change it, change it. It's like there was so many last minute changes on the PDF because we know the client is going to like shout at us for that. Like oh, in what sense? What, what, it's what's, like, what's it's the Arabian Gulf, not the Persian Gulf. This is going to be like... Uh, yeah, it's just going to be this like, we, we don't need this part, little, yeah. yeah. They just get pissed off on these little things. So, hmm. uh, where should we go now? Hmm. Let's go to. Let's go to Greece. Okay. Yeah. Enough of the Middle East. Actually, Iran is definitely one of the countries that I would love to visit. I've heard mm. so many beautiful things about what's happening, uh, the, the the diversity of landscapes in Iran. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's super go. interesting. So this is um, the birth of civilization. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no. <I'm> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Give a Greek mouse. Don't need to go to Greece. <laughs> this is where everything started. Thank you very much. We and we conclude everything. our episode like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an interesting place. It's really an interesting place. Uh, but definitely, I don't know, honestly, uh, what we can start with briefly, not to go too much into detail, is this huge... What's that white thing? It's Athens. <laughs> <laughs> that white thing is Athens. If I turn off the, the tags... Can actually okay. see the extent of this thing. I mean, it's really. Huge. It looks like a bold spot. It is. It <laughs> is. So basically, the city of Athens is here. It's that little circle. Mm. Okay, it's not that big. Mm -hmm. That's the but the metropolitan area, which yes. is called Attiki, is huge, and you can see like the cement and the concrete extending <laughs> here. This is really a, a jungle, concrete jungle. Uh, so historically, the most important places are here, which is Athens, mm -hmm. yeah, and you have also the port of Piraeus, which is here. Yeah. Where's the Parthenon? The Parthenon is uh, here, mm -hmm. that little circle. Mm -hmm. If I say never correctly. been, I really want to go to Athens. But every time I say I want to go to Athens to a Greek, then I've never had any encouragement. So. Well, you need to have somebody there. You need to have mm -hmm. a local. It's a very exciting city. It's a very complex city. Uh, it's not an easy city for sure, but there's so many beautiful things to see and do. It's just that it's it takes some time to get accustomed to to the ways of the city itself. The people make it easier. They're very nice, open-minded, very how can I say, um, uh, service-oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So that really makes a difference. It's mm -hmm. just that 
moving around the city can be quite challenging. The public transportation really, really sucks. The bus um, system is horrible. The metro system is pretty new, like 25, no, maybe 20 years old. Uh, and it's still developing. It's a city surrounded by hills and mountains, so it's definitely not flat. So mm-hmm. bicycle, taking a bicycle is not an option at all. And you, I'm sure you don't have biking tracks. No, 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 no <laughs> not at all. Yeah. They are trying to move in this direction now, but they're making mistakes and they're experimenting. And you know, Athenians they can be quite vocal about the. Oh, I know a thing about you. Yeah. <laughs> they can be quite vocal. So it, it's uh, it's what they used to say about. There's an old saying about um, uh, moving a. If you move a, st- a ladder in Jerusalem, you're going to start a war. It's pretty much the same <laughs> yeah. with Athens. If you try to move a single thing, it's all. It's going to be. Oh no! What are you doing? This is history. This is you know. You cannot be touching culture, and you're being disrespectful and things like this. Mm-hmm. They take their city so seriously that it makes it really difficult to make a change. Mm. And now we have this very technocratic kind of. Um, uh, how do you say, political group that uh, is in charge uh, and they're trying to digitize a lot of things, uh, which makes interesting, um, interesting, not necessarily good uh, changes. Mm. Uh, but yeah, mm. it's in, in terms of planning, in terms of the way of being in the city, it's really, you, you need some time to get to. to Where get you used born to it. in Athens? I was born in Athens, literally, uh, Marusi, in fact. Marusi. Uh, but I lived. I lived. Here. Oh, it's so dense. It really is. I lived here in Rlifada. Okay. Is it mostly like um, single family homes or medium? Uh, condominiums. You have condominiums, mm. like. Uh, Middle rise uh, kind of buildings. Let yeah, me see if we can. Yeah. You see, you have this situation mm-hmm. with multi, like every floor is basically one or two apartments. Yeah, same as this yeah. area. So I can actually take you to my home. Let me see. Zoom out a bit. Golf course. Yeah, there's a very big golf course. We're going to come here. I'm going to. Is it trampolines? Yeah, <laughs> basically. This is. Uh, I've never actually been inside no? this. No. But this is where I was playing basketball for 10 years. Oh. A little place Every here. Year you played basketball. Mm-hmm. It's quite good, actually. Uh, so. Nevada, mm-hmm. Exoni. It's um oh my god I'm lost already. It's a dry mountain. Yeah, this is Imitos, the the hill of Imitos. Does every hill have a Greek god attached to it? No, not at all. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there you go. Found it. All right. So Nafaktu. Hmm. That's the house. Nice. Some trees on the street. It looks like less depressing than where I grew up. Wait, still kind that's of the house. Cute. So this is our house. Uh, basically, it was built by my father. Uh, oh, the, it's, the, the building. Yeah. Oh. It's basically two houses. Oh, your so dad is an architect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut in the middle. Mm-hmm. 
this is our part. Mm. This is my room. Oh, look at that. Up there, looking at this view. Nice. Oh, where are you guys with you? No view? Yeah, mm, that's it. No, you can't see the view. Uh -huh. Did you have a mountain view? Okay. Yeah, you have this little hill. Yeah. I would always Did go, go hiking? yeah, hiking all the way up to perfect to to this little church. Hmm. Um, this is actually like a forty-five minute hike. Okay. It's it's not short. But yeah, this is where I grew up. Like uh, part hills, part beach. How far is it from your house to the beach? By car, fifteen minutes. Oh. Yeah, because of the traffic. If anything, mm. otherwise. Was it was it walkable? Did you walk quite a bit around or not? Well, to go from my house all the way to the beach would be an hour. Okay. Yeah. And it's under like again, it's under the hot sun with yeah. a lot of buildings around you, a lot of cars, so it's noisy, it smells bad, it's not comfortable at all. Mm. But once you get to the center here of the of the town of mm. the, the the small city called Glifada, it's actually pretty nice. It's a very posh area. All that stuff is very posh. It looks quite like it is. Even your building, it's it looks like what rich people in Syria would live in. It's it's posh. <laughs> it's posh. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's this thing. It's suburbia, man. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't like the kinds of people that are. Let's say mostly kind of raised there. It's very mm. superficial people. Yeah. Where was your school? My school was actually quite far away from here. Did you have to take the bus? No, my my dad would drive us every day. Yeah, uh, that's like typical suburb suburbia situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God, I'm, I'm you're gonna hate me if I show you my school. Oh my God, you're gonna kill me. Laïc. Did you go to Lycée, the Lycée? Ah, I thought it was Laïc because we had Lycée, a French yeah. school as well, where so my posh friends went to. It's Laïc. No, that's not it. This is the other one. So this is primary yeah. school and middle school, and this was my high school. Doesn't look that bad. It was not bad, um, but still, uh, on the outside it looks fancy, but on the inside it's exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. Very like typical structure. Mm. So you have mm. basically the, so you have Orthodox and Catholic, mm. yeah, mm. in Greece. Mm. Uh, so the Orthodox, Middle school and primary school is here. The Catholic middle school and primary school is here. And then for high school, are Orthodox and Catholic go are together. mixed. They go it's together so here strange. in the center. Why are they separated in like primary and middle school? Uh, I don't know, actually. It's a good question. But it used to be an old, I mean, very much like you had nuns. We also had nuns but and priests, um, mm. monks, if anything. 
Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's a Greek-French school. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the latest addition, I believe, which is the yeah, an interior closed uh, stadium, not stadium, mm. uh, uh, like basketball, basketball court, court something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sports complex. Yeah. Here would be the classrooms. This would be the theater. Mm. And this would be administration. Interesting. And the church. We would go to church once a month for, oh, yeah. com- for communion. Did you have like a strong religious education? Mm, no, I wouldn't say so. Mm. I wouldn't say so. It was mostly based on, focused on, it was, we used to call it uh, religious studies, but it was mostly on Christianity and then expanding into other, like all the other religions a little bit. Mm. But clearly not all the sects that exist, especially in the Middle East. And, mm. uh, you know, Buddhism, Islam, Christianity. Uh, Interesting, but you had like a general... Yeah, uh, name, uh, like the, I say, indigenous tribes, let's say, in uh, in the States, uh, shamanism, things mm. like this. Br- okay. Very briefly yeah, touching yeah. upon that stuff, mm-hmm. but mostly was the Bible, mm-hmm. and even more predominantly, it was ancient Greek uh, mythology and uh, history, mm. with Homer, the Iliad, and all the ancient tragedies, mm. uh politicians and all that stuff it was it, it seemed i mean it, it gives you a pretty um i wouldn't say expansive uh but they do try to cover they do make an effort to cover things around the world and not just mm. focus on let's say very very ultra greek mm. uh history they are they like we, we were spoken about globalization ever since i was in middle school um uh, I remember mm. this, mm. this lesson. Mm. It was a good school. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't complain. It was a good school. Good people. They taught me. They taught me good things. Um, but yeah, it's just that what we were discussing before. Uh, everything is fine until you get to the very end and you have to perform with a per- specific grade to get mm. into. Specific Did you also university. have a similar system that you oh, had yeah, to? Oh yeah, it mm. was horrible. It was horrible. Mm. I remember ha- like having a forty degree. Fever, giving exams, uh, the stress was super high. Trying yeah. like having to memorize books and stuff like this was not. Uh, uh, no, there's a again, everything's fine until you get to the end of high school. Mm. This is where things mm. get really traumatic. I wonder if that's the the price of having free universities. I like, guess so. Mm, I guess so. That, because they're free, the competition must must be a lot higher on grades. Like mm-hmm. how else would you? But they could have really made the entry, the entry uh, exams to specific universities a little bit more sophisticated, so that it's you know tailored rather than having to have super high grades in high school to get into engineering. Just do a separate test specific to that and that is covering, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I remember having this discussion with my my parents one day in the living room. Uh, we're discussing, like, what do you want to do, Alex? And I said, look, I want to I wanna do film. I want to direct. I want to write, like, make movies. Hmm. My dad said, I think that would be an excellent plan B. <laughs> that would be an excellent <laughs> hobby, Alex, yeah. to keep. Yeah, well done. But let's go back to your real job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, architecture was something that I learned to like. Mm. Uh, it was always in the house. It was always like the vocabulary was there. I was yeah. always looking at my dad seeing what he was doing. I, I, I was curious. I was interested. It looked mm. like an interesting thing. Uh, but 
as a kid, I was always interested, passionate about movies, films, acting, directing, writing scripts, literature, things like that. And I wanted to channel this towards there. But um, yeah, I was. I think I guess I was a bit demotivated. Like mm. Moved like politely moved to another direction. <laughs> yeah. My parents were very polite about this. They they were not <laughs> salute. They were not um, imposing. Yeah, bless you. <laughs> it always comes in two. <laughs> it's interesting. I have my 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 desk mate in the office always goes with three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might have a third one. You might have a third one. <laughs> I never one. know how many I have. Actually, <laughs> it's never standard. I know that my sister always goes with. Wait, let me remember. Two, two, two. Maybe four, three or four at least. But it's never one. I used to only go with one most of the time. But since I moved to Barcelona, I have a stronger allergy. Like, I didn't have seasonal allergies before because I lived in places that had no trees. Um, <laughs> but since I moved here, my nose is like, oh, my God, trees, pollen, what is this? And I have quite terrible allergies. We say, we say in Greek that when you, when you sneeze a lot, we say that somebody's thinking about you. Somebody must be thinking about me time. at all times. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Especially in spring. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So yeah, back well, to back to this architecture and yeah, I was I was demotivated. What's your favorite place in Athens? My favorite place in Athens. I wanted to ask you the same thing about Syria. Mm. Uh, my favorite place in Athens. I think. I think the most special place for me would be near my hometown. Not expect this. No. <laughs> not expect this. Not the place where you want you went to sneakily smoke joints. That's the that's the place. <laughs> that is the place. It's a parking lot. It's um. Maybe we can see it. Well, we can come here. God, it's so green. It's this spot right here. We would always bring the car here and just chill with my nice. friends. Nice. And look, this. you see other islands. Yeah. The sea. This is the, the hill in the back. Nice. It looks a lot greener than I expected. Yeah, but maybe this is it spring as well. It's, it's spring, exactly. Mm. This, was, this is the most special place for me, I think. If I go back, definitely I'm going to go there immediately. Immediately. Nice. I'll take the car, a couple of my friends, mm. and just talk about life, what's been happening all these years. This would be the spot. It is a nice spot to have deep conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it right? It is. Yeah. No, this, this, this hills, they're the just, they're home. You know, I grew up here, like walking yeah. around, exploring, going into all different kinds of small adventures as a kid. Uh, it's, really it's, nice. a, it's, a, it's a nice place to mm. grow up. Honestly, it's just a bit uh, sterile socially, you know. It doesn't mm -hmm. allow for a lot of social interactions between these houses. Mm -hmm. There is this culture of privacy, you know. There is this culture of, ooh, don't shout, the neighbor might hear us. Ooh, yeah. don't yell uh, or don't talk too loud, the neighbor mm -hmm. might hear us. Ooh, what are the neighbors doing? Where are they? Are they looking? Are they yeah. here? Fear of judgment. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And this kind of like created a lot of insecurities, I guess, for everybody living here. Mm -hmm. Um, you could argue that it's for a good reason or not, but 
it's yeah. not it's not i mean now i'm living in barcelona and i can literally see through my i can shake with my name hands with my neighbor who's like whose balcony is two meters away from my balcony you know there's <laughs> this thing has completely dissolved yeah but yeah this is these are the hills of imitos again very very posh yeah it's quite nice it's, it's cool yeah. it's cool to me it looks really nice compared to like my town with yeah was a lot more concrete. Should I take you all the way to... Yeah, let's do a round around the block. Drive around the block. So basically, if you take this street all the way straight, go a little bit down. Construction. Like there's a lot of construction lately. So. Mm. Now, this area, like 20 years ago, it used to be sheep. Mm. Like, not 20 years ago, but 40 years ago, it used to be just sheep. Mm. Why can't I go? Oh, Is yeah. there like a lot of culture of uh, in areas like these of expat Greeks buying land and building their homes and then... No, not really. That? No? This is, uh, mm. These are just Greek families. Mm. Can I go? Yeah. In my hometown, areas that look like that are mostly expats who went mostly to the Gulf, <laughs> make okay. money, come back and build villas. Hmm. So I wanted to show you actually another amazing place where I always like to go when I'm in Greece. So this road, this coastal road, so once you go past this spot, Fula, you start driving, it becomes one of my favorite things to drive through. So you go here. Yeah, the waters start becoming really beautiful. So these are, these are the roads that I always drive in when mm -hmm. I want to go to the beach. Uh, they're very dangerous roads. A lot of accidents happen. A lot of stupid drivers uh, naturally. just naturally mm -hmm. crash their cars all the time. Mm -hmm. But the point is that you drive and drive and drive and drive and drive and drive and drive. Yeah. And Heaven beats the point, the destination is to come mm. to. Still driving. Are you yeah. still in Greece? Here. This is it. This is the Temple of Poseidon. Mm. Sunia. And this is like a street view. Mm -hmm. So this is the beach where I come. Nice. So this is a hotel beach. Mm -hmm. It's owned. It's a private beach owned by the the hotel, and we always act like we are tour, we are uh, residents of the hotel. Did you know the numbers of the rooms at least here? We learned. Yeah, we, learned, <laughs> we actually learned. So I have a past with crashing hotels. It's not like I did for the first time with the W. So we always come here, park our car, and just lay here. And it's just a really beautiful, beautiful spot. Um, let me see, oh, maybe if I leave us here, we can actually see the temple, which is there. Now it seems very small. If I, if I put us, no, th these for me are amazing locations where you have a little bit of the, all the elements of, of Greece, a little bit of the, the history, the landscape. I mean, these temples have a vibe on their own, of their own, you know. Mm. Where is it? The, that's the temple. <laughs> <laughs> what a vibe. <laughs> oh, nice steps. <laughs> nice steps. 
<laughs> the Greek Parthenon, everybody. <laughs> yeah, let's let's stay here. So Parthenon is the the temple of the goddess Athena. Okay, that looks more Greek. And this is the temple of the god of Poseidon. Who's the god of Poseidon? The god of the seas, which is ah. Poseidon. Poseidon is the god of the seas. A very temperamental god. Cute. Um, very romantic. Mm. Uh, it's a really nice spot for the god. <laughs> yeah, always falling in love with the wrong women, um. getting his heart broken. And for, for that reason, he would take revenge on humans by bringing Creating. tsunamis and natural disasters. But practically, this was an observatory. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they would come here and just see which ships are coming. Uh, and they would send messages to the mainland, to the main Go city. Go running. Go running, exactly. Marathons. But you see, it's like, what, an hour and a half away from the city? Mm -hmm. And just like that, you start getting some of the most beautiful waters. Really calm, really beautiful. Very nice. Wow. Uh, this I miss. Mm. I miss this. I would love to go. See that. Yeah, very nice. Mm. Should we end it here? Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for all of the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> thank you for thank you for listening to our <laughs> riffing and rambling. We hope you enjoyed, learned something, and yeah, see you on the next one. Who knows what it's going to be about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we never know. know, so you can't know. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of The Master Plan. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and if you found our conversations intriguing, don't forget to follow, rate and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any suggestions, questions or simply want to say hello, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on social media, on Instagram or LinkedIn or you can even send me an email at alexmademo at gmail.com. As we continue exploring cities, their history, culture and the people that make them vibrant, Stay curious, stay inspired. I'm Alex Madamohoritis, this is The Master Plan, and I'll see you at the next one.